Good morning. It's good to see everybody out. Here, a lot of you is asking how mine and Jamie's first week in trucking went. Well, I'll tell you. The driving was good. He was an awesome driver. I, the school taught him well, and, and I took him in the parking lot. He did really good driving-wise. But the trucking aspect of it, if anything could have went wrong last week, it went wrong. <laughs> From day one to the very last day, loads was delayed, too heavy, Got to drive back and forth. I think we drove probably, what, 200, uh, about 100 miles out of route just back and forth to one place. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was bad. So it's probably a good thing, like we said, that it happened that way. That way, instead of jumping in feet first, he just went head first right into it. So if he survives last week, we'll make it through the rest of trucking. This morning, I want to talk to you about a topic that is actually kind of popular when I started looking into it, but it's one that is kind of hard to answer. It's called Unanswered Prayers. And it was actually, I was asked if I would study on this and try to present a lesson. And I said, okay, we'll see where it goes. And it, it's been good, but it's also been challenging. But have you ever prayed to God about something? Whether it's a new job or someone is sick and you're praying for them to get better or you're praying for a new home to help grow your family or if you're like me, you're praying for snow, but you all are praying against me. <laughs> Whatever it might be, you're praying for something, but your prayer didn't get answered. Do you wonder why? Why I've, I've, I've done all that. I've prayed to you, God, but you're not answering my prayers. What's going on here? Or, you know, for example, if anybody knows me growing up, mom and dad can vouch for this. I wanted to be a cop more than anything in this world to where I wanted it so bad that I had every police uniform that there was in Kentucky, Rock Castles, the Kentucky State Police. I had uniforms that people give me. I wanted to be a cop that bad. Even had the real bag, the whole nine yards. I wanted it. I prayed to God all the time. Help me be a cop. Be a cop. Well, I'm a truck driver. I'm not a cop. I did get to serve as a police officer in the military for a few years, but I never got that civilian job. I didn't get mad at God for it, though. But I did pray about it, but that prayer was never answered. Maybe it was because God was protecting me from something that I didn't know that could happen. Maybe I could have got killed, it had been in an accident, made a false arrest, been in court. I, it could be a number of things. Or maybe mom and dad vouched for this. I was very hot-tempered when I was young. I'd fly off the handle real quick, and my temper's a little better, but I still can fly off the handle quick. Maybe that's what he was protecting me from. I don't know. But God didn't answer that prayer. But to get into it, maybe we need to ask something first. Does God even hear us when we pray? Maybe that's why He don't answer prayers is because He can't hear us. Well, God does hear us when, he, when we pray. According to Psalms chapter 55 and verse 16, the psalmist says, I call to God and He, that is God, hears me. So we know that when we pray, God hears us. Isaiah chapter 65, verses 24, God said, He Hears me. Then in Matthew chapter 6, five through, verses 5 through 8, Jesus teaches us how to pray. Well, if God doesn't hear us when we pray, why would Jesus take his time and waste it to even teach us how to pray if God's not going to hear us? And then in James chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. A righteous man. Hmm. That might answer some questions there on who maybe God hears whenever we pray. Which can lead us into our next point of why God may not answer prayers. 
And that would, but would go back to sin. James chapter 5, we just read, verse 16, it says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It doesn't say a sinner, it says a righteous man. So if your life is full of sin and you continue to sin and you're continuing to not fix that problem and live outside of Christ, then you're not righteous. And according to that, God's not going to hear you. Maybe. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 15 says, the people there was praying and, was, and stuff, and God said that your hands are full of blood, your hands are full of sin, therefore I do not hear you. You know, example we could apply with today, we have a man and a woman who's living together. They're not married. They've got kids and they're trying to raise a family and they're praying to God to bless that home and that family. According to the Bible, that's not a home. That's not a family because they haven't met the standards of what the Bible calls a family and that is for the man and the wife to be married. So how can God bless something and hear something if it doesn't even meet His standards of what He identifies as a home and a family? Maybe God don't answer prayers for selfish reasons. According to James chapter 4 and verse 3, when you ask, do not, do not receive because you have, you may not receive because you have asked with wrong motives. You can be selfish in your, in your prayers instead of praying and asking God for something. It's kind of almost you're saying, I want it for this reason. For example, I love guns. I love boots. I love cowboy hats. And I get unhappy with one of these items and I pray to God, man, I just really need a new cowboy hat or a new pair of boots. You, please give it to me, Lord. I'm asking for selfish reasons. I'm not asking for right intentions. And therefore, if you're asking for wrong reasons, God is not going to hear that. And maybe you're unfaithful. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24 says, Jesus says, Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe. You have received it. But faith is not, also, is not believing in something, but it is believing in someone. We believe in God. If we're, if we're out here praying and we don't have faith and we're not believing in who we're praying to, God may not necessarily hear us. Because if we are only faithful on Sunday at church and the rest of the week we live in sin and we're unfaithful, we're not living up to what God has asked us to do. If we want God to do something for us, we at least need to try to hold up our end of the bargain that He has asked us to do for Him. Amen. If I tell Daniel, I need you to do this, and I'll pay you $50, and he goes out and does it, and I walk up and say, well, here's a 20. Am I living up to my end of the bargain? I can't expect Daniel to do something for me if I'm not, if I'm not willing to live up to my end of the bargain. So if we're unfaithful to God, we can't expect Him to always do what we want Him to, or ask Him to do in prayer. You know, and, the, and, it, and with selfish and unfaithful reasons, also it's demanding. Sometimes we demand God. We may, when we pray, we are demanding or are we asking? For example, if uh, like David, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 13 and 14 and 16, we know the story of David. David seen Bathsheba bathing on the roof. He wanted her. He had an affair with her. They had a child together to try to cover it up. David sends for her husband then has him put on the front lines. Now David's committed murder. Not by his hands, but by his hands he's committed murder. So David's committed two sins right here. He's had an affair with the man's wife and he had the man killed to try to cover up his sin. 
And David realizes, I've messed up. I've sinned. My child is sick. I'm praying to God to save it. And God said, because you are sin, your child's going to die. Because of your sin, you messed up. And then David realized that. And he said, you know what? I can't bring my son back. I can't correct this. But there's one thing I can do. I can fix myself, get myself back on the right track, and I can go be where he is someday. Sometimes we, we get wrapped up in sin and we want to know why things ain't going where they're supposed to be going, and it's because of sin. Look at Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 25. Moses wants to go to the promised land. And God says, you can't go because you sinned. I told you to do this and you went over here and you done that. You took a stick and you beat the rock because you got mad and you didn't listen to me. So you can't go to the promised land. But I will do this for you. I will let you go up on top of the mountain and I will let you look over and at least see it. That's kind of like us. God has given us a picture of heaven in the Bible. We can see a glimpse through words of what heaven looks like. God said, if you want this, you have to do this. It's important that we pay attention to what God wants and not do it for selfish and not be selfish or have demands or our own expectations. Another example, look at Simon. Acts chapter 8 and verse 13. Simon became a Christian. And he was doing good and everything. And then all of a sudden, he's seen him perform miracles. And he's like, I want to do that. How much can I buy that for? And what did Paul say? Paul said, or Peter, you have sinned against God. Pay, or, sorry, I can't speak this morning. Repent and pray that your heart will be forgiven. You have sinned. You cannot buy that. It, it's not something that you can purchase. Well, I don't know if Simon ever repented or not. I hope and pray that he did. But Simon was wanting something for selfish reasons. And, God, and they told him, you can't do that. That's wrong. You need to repent. But you've, Now you may look at me and you say, now Josh, everything you've talked about so far up to now is, man, it's living a sinful life. No wonder God's not going to hear me. But I'm a good person. I'm a Christian. I live a good life. If I sin and mess up, I immediately fix it. I'm sorry for it, and I do my best not to do it again. But sometimes my prayers are still not answered. Well, you know what? In this study, what I found out, there's really no clear answer for it. But there is a, a few things that, that kind of helps you to understand maybe why God doesn't answer prayers and maybe clears it up a little bit, but there is no magic answer or clear answer. But here, share this with you here. There's a movie called The Shack. It's also a book. You may have heard of it. I don't know. If not, check it out. It's really good. But it's about this man who takes his kids on a camping trip. And while they're gone on this camping trip, this little girl, his youngest, gets kidnapped and they go looking for her. Well, they find this shack in the middle of the woods. They find a piece of clothing and some blood on the floor and they determine that the little girl's dead. And they quit looking for the person. Well, the guy goes home. He gets aggravated. He gets mad. He wants to figure this out. So he goes back to the shack where they found the clothing and the blood of his little girl and try to figure this all out. And while he's there, he meets three people. He meets God. He meets Jesus. And he meets the Holy Spirit. Now this is a movie, but it, it has some good meaning to it. 
And he starts talking to him. He's trying to process, why did you let these things happen? Why did these bad tragedies happen to me? Why didn't you intervene? Before going further, when we think about God not answering prayers, whenever things is going good for us, we don't ever think about it because everything's going good. So we don't question God. But it's when bad things start happening, we start wondering why God's not answering my prayers. So here's this bad tragedy is following this man. And he's questioning God. And God says one thing to him. It says this. I'm always with you. I will never leave you. But I don't always interfere with everything that happens in this life. But I will always be there for you to help you get through it. If you think about that, if God intervened every time something bad happened and He made it good and everything on this earth started going good and everything started being perfect, why would you want to go to heaven? If this earth was perfect and was living good and everything went good, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't want to go. I like it here. I like going out and riding my horse. I like camping. I like doing this. If it was so good here, why would you want to go to heaven? Sometimes trials are faced to help strengthen our faith and to realize that this world and everything in it is full of sin and we need something better and that is to go to heaven where there is no sickness, there is no sadness. It's perfect. And this life doesn't offer that. You know, we can look at some examples in the Bible to see that. Look at, think about Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. They first wanted to kill him because they was jealous of him. But one of the younger brothers said, no, I don't want blood on our hands. Let's just sell him into slavery. So they did. They sold him into slavery. Then they go home and they tell the dad, hey, Joseph's dead. So they lied. They sold their son, the brother into slavery and they lied to their dad. So now we've got a dad grieving because his son's dead. He's really not. He's sold into slavery. Then Joseph gets into slavery in Egypt and he's put in prison because now he's accused of trying to have an affair or rape the Pharaoh's wife. It's not true. Well, a famine comes into the land. They, the, Joseph's family needs food, so where do they go? They go to Egypt. And what do they find when they get there? Somehow or another, Joseph is now second in command of Egypt. And Joseph goes and talks to him, And he said, you know what? You meant evil by me. You meant to harm me, but God used all of this for good. Sometimes we go through troubles and trials in our life and we don't understand or see the big picture of what's behind it, but we got to hold on to God. It'll strengthen our faith. We may not understand what's going on or why things are happening, but we can't get mad at God. Joseph didn't get mad at God. He held on to God. Even though bad things was happening to him that he did not deserve, he held on to God and at the end, he was made stronger for it. And then a few last week, Daniel was talking about Job. Look, at, think about Job. Job was living the good life. He had it good. And Satan told God, the only reason this man right here is faithful to you, loves you, and everything is because nothing bad's ever happened to him. He's living the good life. And if something bad happens to that man right there, he'll leave you. He'll not do anything for you no more and he'll lose faith in him. And God said, I tell you what, you can test him. You can try him. You can do whatever you want except for kill him. And so the devil did. And the whole time that Job went through all of that trouble and all of that pain, he never got mad at God. 
He stayed close to God. But however, he did question God. He wanted to know why these things happened. His wife turned on God and said, curse God and die. His friends over here said, Job, it's all your fault. You did something wrong. That's why this is happening. Curse God and die. Job stayed close to God. He didn't understand why things was happening when he was praying and nothing was getting better. But because he stayed close to God, he held on tight. At the end, Job was rewarded ten times fully with his earthly treasures. Everything he had lost before, he got it back even more because he held on. Proof Satan wrong. That no matter what Satan does to us, we pray to God and we think our prayers are not getting heard or they're not getting answered. They might be because we don't always know the big picture that's in the background. We don't know what lays up ahead. But holding close to God, it will help us to get through it. It will improve our strength. It will improve our faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 6. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 all talk about faith and strengthening when we go through trials. And you can also look at hard times and unanswering prayer as being part of discipline to strengthen our bodies according to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7. But the key is to remember, when God doesn't answer our prayers, that doesn't mean that He has left you or He doesn't hear you because He's always there. He's always going to help you get through it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Fear God and keep His commandments. That is the whole duty of man. If you love God and you fear Him and you keep His commandments, no matter if you go through trials or tribulations and you think your prayers is not getting heard or answered, He will do what He can to always be there for you, to give you the strength to get through it. Because it is our duty to fear God and keep His commandments. And then let's look at, and then of course, Job chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22. I want to read that because it makes a good statement. It said, Job said in, verse, in chapter 1 and verse 21, And Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gives, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this Job did. He did not sin. In other words, Everything that we have in this life, whether it's materials, whatever, this, whatever in this life we have, God gave it to you. It's because of God you had this or you had that. The Lord gave it to you and the Lord can take it away. The only thing that you're given in this life is your name and that's it. Everything else, God has blessed you with. But there's one answered prayer that was in the Bible that I'm glad that did not get answered. And that is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. When He prayed to God in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 42, He prayed to God, let this cup pass from Me. Not My will, but Your will. In other words, Jesus didn't want to die. If there's another way out, give it. I don't want to die. But if that's what You want Me to do, Lord, I'll do it. And you know what happened. As Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story is Jesus died. Because God wanted him to die for our sins. The most, the, the, the greatest sacrifice that, you, that can ever be given, Ben, Shelby, anybody serving the military knows that a soldier lays down his life. That is a sacrifice. Human blood, a sacrifice given something. And the greatest sacrifice of all is the death of Jesus. You can go out and kill a cow, you can kill a goat, whatever. That's the blood of an animal. It worked for a time. 
But the greatest ultimate sacrifice of all is human blood. And what made Jesus' sacrifice even better is it's not only human blood, but it was spiritual blood. It was God's only Son. And without that, we wouldn't have a hope in heaven. This morning, I've tried to answer the topic of unanswered prayers. We know that if you have sin in your life and you're living in sin and you're a sinner, God's not going to hear you. You have to get that corrected. You have to follow Jesus. You have to do His will. And you have to cling, close, cling to God as closely as you can because when we go through the trials in life, we've got to understand that God's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And He will help us get through it to the best He can. Jesus died for us. That's the only way to get to heaven. If there's anything that we can do for you to help you or assist you in becoming that, please make your wishes known as we stand and as we sing. All things are ready. Come on.